0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Ah! Here we are, another episode of Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. How are you? I don't know why I did it that way. I I don't either. You know, I just had a um, a weird thought about Greece too. We're going back, 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 back to-, to Fright School. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Uh, for one, this is I, the only place I try to like sing falsetto, like you know, with the band and stuff. Like I sing in my growly rock and roll voice. Like I'm fucking, you know i don't know who that was just now, i was say, somebody. like your like sun house like right, whatever <laughs> but here i like to stretch i like to stretch my vocals <laughs> but yeah i had a whole i also, had a whole thing just happen in my head with zombies and rydell high anyways but like <laughs> back to fright school back to fright school. anyways yes you here we are. you also brought up a musical first before i did i know that's so weird Oh my And one gosh. where no like nobody dies, right? Does anybody die in that? Uh it's implied. No, but there's no. lots of motorcycle accidents, I yeah. think. <laughs> Probably in the making. We can of talk it. about film production. Film production. No? Oh, <laughs> go. See. Go, you Joe. <laughs> <I'm> telling you. <ya. laughs> gold gold here we're gonna write a a fright school musical one day
1: (laughs) yes fright school musical is what we'll call it it'll be basically the spooky version of high school musical. yeah
0: maybe we can just take all those tropes and put them in like one thing you know what i mean like where you have all of like the you know the different archetypes Yes. I don't know. We'll the, figure it the out. Jock and the jock. Yeah, exactly. The There's misunderstood like, you know, nerd girl. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to do that with like horror figures, like, you know, like who's cool, who's not cool, you know, when you do like, you know, Frankenstein and the creature from the Black Lagoon and the mummy, you know, if you have all that, zombies mm-hmm. versus vampires versus werewolves, like who's cool, who's nerds? The invisible man, know? but he has
1: this like really show stopping number about just wanting to be seen.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> Write it down. Take Nobody notes.
1: sees me.
0: all right enough of that nonsense uh yes so we're here we have uh we're here we've watched another (laughs) we've watched another film and uh which we'll we'll discuss shortly but uh first let's talk we've had a a a, a fun week we just we had our we did we took a week off we did take a week off as is our prerogative Listener. Yes, but we are back and well, you had to prepare. You had things going on because I had, I you're had. doing a lot of stuff. You, do you want to plug um, Mending, well, what I can guess? do
1: I'm directing <laughs> the Mending Monologues yes. at, uh, in San Diego.
0: That's true.
1: Uh, tickets are available now online. The show is at 2 p.m. on the 16th of February. Where can they get
0: tickets if they're listening they in can San get, Diego? They can get or tickets. if they want to travel from all over the world to see. Yes, they can get tickets at Intermission. Productions.org. Excellent, excellent. Dot org. And that's a good, I mean, you know, like when I terrify you, this is a good, that's a good place for you to take those feelings and yes. to exercise them.
1: Joe. Yes, you know? exactly.
0: You know, destroy toxic masculinity.
1: That's, the, it's, that's
0: inside you. Yeah,
1: that's, yes, the toxic masculinity <laughs> inside me. Well, I haven't had toxic
0: masculinity inside me for years. Oh, Wow.
1: Well. Hmm. That was a that I, was a gay
0: joke. Yeah, about. and I feel it's very appropriate for like the fly, especially when we talk later. You should like stick a pin in that <laughs> toxic masculinity inside of you, inside of me, hmm. inside you. Anyways, um, yes, okay. So you're working on that. You're directing the mending monologue, so you've had that going on. But then, what else happened this week? What, what else this happened? Week?
1: Well, um, uh, the official launch of uh, Art Time of the Month. Is now on. Uh, all the back episodes from 2018 are on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Yes, your other uh, podcast, my other podcast, the podcast that I cheat we on talk you. Talk about pop culture. The one, the podcast that I need to do once a month in order to do this
0: podcast every week. <laughs> there we go. I, I'm looking forward to coming on. We're going we're, we're gonna do a, a fright school crossover episode somehow. I have no idea how, but we I will. I don't either, but I want to be on there. I've got things I want to talk about on there, and I I still think it'd be fun to bring Wendy on and talk about horror musicals. We could talk about Little Shop. We can talk about Rocky Horror. True. You know, We could make her watch The She's got to have a pending. She's got to have opinions. A pending. What the hell am I talking about? She's got to have opinions <laughs> about these musicals. About she horror, about blending. You know, Sweeney Todd. yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Jack the Ripper, yes, the musical. Yes,
1: loving, swimming in there, in, in his eyes. Yeah. Anyway, someone <laughs> like you... <laughs> I don't know why I did that as Alanis Moritz said. <laughs> someone like me... Yeah.
0: (laughs) And suddenly, okay, now we're done. Yes. We've lost them all. Uh, Yeah, everybody stopped listening. So good. (laughs) So it won't matter what we say after. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, so the point is, is that we went to, uh, or I had the pleasure of attending an event that you uh, were part of on Queer Horror with our friend Sam Weinman and yes. new friend, Michael Varad. A new friend. <laughs> I, I was I keep saying future friends. Yes. Future new friend. We're we're just going to be gauche and just say he's like a friend now. No. E- exactly. <laughs> no, but he uh, he's awesome. I, I loved everything that he had to talk about. He was there with Sam screening his, his film, Michael's yes. film, He drank. And Sam Weinman, Sam's film, The The Quiet Quiet Room, Room. which Uh, we've talked about on here numerous times. And and they have um, to talk. They
1: (laughs) have, uh, they lovingly refer to their films as uh, like festival besties because they've been playing pretty much side by side. Yeah,
0: festival friends. Uh, Festival
1: bestie (laughs) friends. And one thing that they mentioned um, in the talk that was interesting is that, you know, it's, it's their films play at, uh horror film festivals and their films play at like queer LGBT film festivals yeah. and it's interesting to see kind of how the reception is for for both which is which is also fascinating because um you know with uh with Sam's uh you know the the longer the longer short of the two it's uh it definitely has like it's definitely queer but it's also very much um <laughs> it's also very much a horror and with Michael's is um the uh, you know i want our listeners to make sure they go see it but there's a they you don't really get the horror aspect of it until like the very end or like towards the end oh, of yeah, the Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah i wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody but yeah, yeah but, yeah, but totally.
1: it's it's really fascinating how you know to hear them talk about that and i also can just listen to Michael Varatti talk about um Anything talk about horror until for like
0: hours and hours on end. Oh yeah, Um, both of them. I mean, there were so many good things that they brought up and talked about. I loved, um, uh, you know, I mentioned this when we were actually at the uh, at the um, the event, event. yeah, Uh, a night of queer horror. Uh, You know, he brought up some really good points about you know horror being a mirror in society and like the like this commonality and otherness you know, that I really liked, you know, talking, especially about like queer, the queer lens on horror, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just, yeah, it was just delicious, lots of awesome, wonderful thoughts. Uh, and I love, Sam talked about how watching horror when he was younger made him feel tougher than yeah. his friends and especially coming from like a queer person where you're made to feel weak all the time, where you're told you're weak, where you're defined, Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And I mean, I've seen some pretty like quote unquote effeminate boys beat the, out of somebody, you know, like I've seen like five, you know, yeah. so like, you know, I mean, not, to, I, I'm just saying that it's like, you don't have to be necessarily masculine and, you know, be, you know, in that toxic, be violent yeah. or be whatever, you know, but and I, but I did like that idea of, you know, cause that's something I never really thought about. And I still don't like necessarily feel that way. Like, I mean, I feel like personally, because I watch so much horror and I read so much about like the culture of death and the culture of, you know, of fear I do feel like I I have like a personal relationship to something that a lot of people are afraid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, but I never really thought about, am I like tougher? Like, you know, maybe that's something I need Mm -hmm. to think about when I'm engaging in conversations around these things Mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, I can be a little flippant. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. where maybe I need to be more aware of that, you know, that not everybody's on that same level. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I mean, I've thought about it before with some of the films that I've shown to people that are really, really horrifying. And I think, oh, you mean like I the didn't... one today? Well, yeah, but I mean, but even beyond that, like martyrs or or, or things like that that are you know or inside, Serbian film, you know, a Serbian film. Fi- well, that I've never publicly screened. Well, public is in hosted people over to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I read the synopsis of yeah, the it's enough, film. right? And yeah, I don't
1: need to see that. (laughs) Yeah. It's bad enough. I
0: read it. I don't need to see it. Yeah. So, um, but some, but I have, especially in the first Gore Fest where I where I did show martyrs, like you know, and there was like a room. It was like, okay, this room is really horrible, horrifying stuff. So like, if you want like the spirit of Gore Fest and you want to see gore and violence, like you go into that room and sit. And like throughout the night, there was two or three people in there at a time because it was a lot, you know. So I've kind of I pulled that back a little bit now. But I just I, I thought that was interesting. Like I had never really thought about quote unquote being tougher than anybody else yeah. with horror. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like I always had a you know, I had this tie to something darker and mysterious to other people. Yeah. You know, which I, I did like <laughs> yeah. in, in that sense.
1: It gives you like it's you know in, in Sam's in Sam's uh idea of it is that it's um, it's giving you a thicker skin. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, we're already we're already like walking around as queer people. Like we already have like a thicker skin um, uh, because of that. So, you know, this adds an extra layer, an extra layer of protection almost Mm -hmm.
0: that's preparing us for situations in the world yeah it goes back to like the controlling of the the identity you know because because whether or not you're queer or not you know if you exhibit those traits and we have straight friends that are quote-unquote effeminate either because they're part of like the the theater community or they're dancers or they're singers Mm -hmm. or they're whatever and people automatically assume you know something about their sexuality you know the the world is throwing this on you and painting you with that, so there is there's yeah. a there's a certain amount of control when like me personally like I wear a lot of black, and you know this is kind of this is part of my identity I can yeah. control it like mm-hmm. you know I'm a weirdo for this you know for these reasons you know I th- we've talked a little bit about that before or i've I've talked about that before like the the control being you know into horror and into other you know darker elements it's like something that i grasped and um you know revel in outside that that, that that's like self-identifying yeah for sure for you sure. know it's a it's a chosen strangeness <laughs> i'm
1: just starting to choose the strangeness right but i i also feel that it's uh it's my it's my mission to also like to stay on brand and to be as normie as possible (laughs) because if i go too far because then it's like because i love when we show up places and you're in like you're all black like you're lydia Dietz couture (laughs) and then i look like i look like a pre-frankenfurter brad like (laughs) like you know jeans and a and a collared shirt and a you know, yeah. my glasses. And well,
0: and you and, you know, you and um, our, our friend Ashley, who's been on the show, kind of have that, too, where people don't expect... You
1: oh, know, yeah. That they don't expect
0: us. That element. We we're, we have our normie camouflage on. Right. You mm-hmm. know. And I mean, and I think that actually resonates with lots of people. You know, I think, you know, because there is like stigma and things like, I, I mean, I don't really care because, I mean, one, I like... The other reason I like to wear a lot of black and gray is cuz everything matches in my closet. Anything I put on will go That's together. True. So it makes my life very easy. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think a lot of people probably, f- you know, revel in horror or revel mm-hmm. in other things that don't necessarily it's not a lifestyle for them as much yeah. as it is for like me or people like me where it is mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, that it's beyond just Yeah. wanting to watch a, a scary movie. Uh, so anyway so, th- so there was some really great talk a lot of stuff that I left uh, you know after that event like thinking about because it was a very very good conversation so I hope yeah. that we're able to um, see more of those events happen um, especially with the lens on like queer horror in particular I, I think is it's, yeah it was very very fun to talk about
1: yeah and you know we've said it we've said it a little bit on this uh, a little bit before it's like you know we never really we didn't really set out to make like a queer horror podcast no. but like you know it's um it seems now it's like it's almost inevitable just because we're two queer people and mm-hmm. the 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 kind of the thought behind uh some of the things you know that that we end up consuming and the things that we like you know it's very it, there is this queer lens on it and um one thing that uh that came up in the talk and the talk and the screening was um the idea of you know what of the queer what what can we bring forward with us, you know mm-hmm. the queer canon and the of the established queer Canon and how we can you know when we're thinking about movies, it's like you know how can we take these movies and propel them forward and um I did love the discussion about where the future of horror is at too, so yeah it was it was good, it was a good talk i I really hope we get to do more of those,
0: yeah, um yeah, absolutely, it was just. Very enlightening and very interesting to, you know, kind of talk about it. And just to to your point, like, you know, yeah, I mean, our perspectives. I, I actually want to talk about this a little bit later when we get into some of the interpretations of the fly. Yes. Um, You know, like some of my, because some of my personal feelings around like queerness or identity, Uh I agreed with like the talk where like we were searching for meaning in some stuff. You know, and that's for anybody. Anybody it doesn't matter what you are. Doesn't you know if you're queer or you're a person of color? You're a woman. You're a man. You're whatever. When anytime I, you know, at least I would think anytime you engage with art, if you like it or you don't like it or whatever, you know, you're seeing. It's through your personal lens. It's through your perspective. Yeah. So you're pulling what you want or taking what you need or criticizing, you know, if you read something like, well, this is how I saw it. Somebody else goes, well, this is how I saw it. And then mm-hmm. then you have politics. Yeah. <laughs> then you have that, you know, that sort of divide. And so, you know, not everything is going to read that way. Not everything is about, you know, our experience. But, mm-hmm. you know, artists don't, you know, once you put something out in the world, whether you make a film or a book or a song or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, it's 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 owned by the audience. Yeah, you know, to interpret as as they exactly as they wish and as they want, and that's what I love about doing this podcast and engaging with other people is that we can talk around and around in circles yeah. about the, the meaning. meaning of something. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic, and I, I think that you know there's room for all of our perspectives. Yeah, you know, and so it's been yeah it's it's been fun doing this that way. And now getting to go out and engage with others, which brings me next to our next point <laughs> we are traveling we're going to monster mania we mentioned this on the last uh show so i, I can't wait uh, i encourage everybody listen to horror movie night podcast listen to the jersey ghouls we're gonna be spending lots of time with them i'm so excited going to jersey we'll see how we'll see how how that goes <laughs>
1: that'll be us. that'll be surviving
0: our, uh, us <laughs> trying to live and survive and uh you know if you like what you hear you can always uh, check out our tip jar it's below in yeah, the uh comments throw or some the, coins in, in, in the in show there. notes and support our our efforts to travel. We're also uh, putting together some merch and, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of cool stuff. So, you know, by all means, uh, feel free to donate. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, w- did you have anything else to mention? No, not at all. All right, then I had one more thing I wanted to mention. Oh, I- yeah, I wish that we had a... Um, we don't. We're not getting paid. This is not a paid post. This is not Fire Festival. All right, but it's just getting yes. excited that I like. You know, I like to you know plug a palooza mm-hmm. stuff for people because I get you the Avion for free, Joshua. Oh, thank you. I don't need to take it don't don't for the need team. To, to take it, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I've been recently hip, and and this is true. This is just me. I actually buy this. I pay for it. They're not sending anything for free. They're not giving us any money, but I still want to uh, promote them.
1: And if they um, want to start, they're more than yes, welcome to. Yes, they
0: are more than welcome to, because uh, I'll take... Info at <laughs> FrightSchool.com. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so Loot Crate... Which, I'm, you know, I'm sure lots of people are familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. geek stuff. They send all kind of cool stuff, no matter what. If you're into video games or pop culture, action, you know, superhero movies, video games, whatever. All kinds of stuff. Uh, they have different crates. And they have one, they have a crate called Loot Fright. And this is, I've gotten it the last uh, few months, or it's every two months. So I got their latest one, and it's uh, the Love Sucks edition. So it's for like... Ooh. Yeah, for um, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So they said, look at this awesome blanket. You haven't watched Bride of Chucky yet, have you? I've not watched okay. any Chucky. Yeah. All right, we're going to, because we're going to do a series of like Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Chucky. we got those coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll examine that. Uh, but anyway, oh, so they look at that. this cool blanket, which you can see on our Instagram at Fright School. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been posting uh, spoilers. So by the time this comes out, you can go and check out pretty much everything that came in the box by, by the time... Uh, mm-hmm. By the time this is out. Anyway, so this awesome Bride of Chucky blanket with Tiffany and Chucky on it. And it's so soft. And it's like a nice light blanket. This would be perfect if you were like, you know, outside around a campfire waiting for a a slasher to show up. Yes. Uh, Yes. They sent a really cool T-shirt that has Dracula on it. Love sucks. (laughs) Yes. Which is fun. And uh, yeah, and they also sent they sent some awesome uh, Valentine's Day cards with like classic monsters on them. Uh, they've got one the creature from the Black Lagoon. I love you to Lagoon and back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's so cute. And they have uh, let's see, one with the Bride of Frankenstein. Our love is electrifying. Uh, anyway, so you could uh, look at those online, and they also sent a really cool like bookmark, metal bookmark uh, of La Llorona.
1: Ooh, La Llorona.
0: Yes. Uh, so you can, uh, you know, read books. I don't know. John and wait just for La Llorona. Hang it somewhere. And then pens, because, you know, I, I freaking love pens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, LootCrate.com, LootFright.com probably as well. Um, I'm just sharing with the... Uh, you know the horror freaks out there okay. or you know if you love somebody in your life who is a freak like me send them send them a loot fright box you know yeah. do it yes for your um, loved ones and perfect for uh the, today's episode the next one that comes out uh, april the uh-huh. april box is called midnight snack and it's going to feature uh, something from the fly Ooh. so either like a t-shirt or some kind of you know cool uh cool little Merch that will be from vomit, the, right? Maybe maybe a pile of bloody vomit uh, from, from uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly, which we will uh, get to discussing right after this little break. All right.
1: <laughs> I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive. And very stupid, and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened because, in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. Out here, (laughs) Joshua, is that you?
0: (laughs) All right, here we go. Welcome back. So, we are discussing today nineteen eighty six, uh, the fly. Uh, directed and co-written by David Cronenberg, uh, based on the original. Uh, n- well, first of all, it's loosely based on um, George uh, Langalon. I'm not exactly sure how you say his name. Okay. Uh, he, short we'll, story. We'll say that. The Fly, which then formed the basis of the very famous 1958 version uh, that starred Vincent Price. So that's uh, that's sort of the you know the foundation here. What we're where where this uh, 1986 version of The Fly comes from? Okay, starring uh, the lovely Jeff Goldblum and Gina Ginta Davis. It's Gina Davis. <laughs> Gina Davis. Yes, two years before uh, she would become Barbara Maitland in Beetlejuice, mm. <laughs> which I I'm pretty I'm. Pretty positive. I saw Beetlejuice first, and that's probably what drew me. You know, when it was like, oh, Gina Davis is in this, you know, or like Barbara. Like I would have thought, you know, when I was a kid, because I like, definitely this is another movie I saw very young first <laughs> on tele- uh, on the television. It explains a lot, right? So uh, <laughs> let's just hop in, Joe. What uh, what did you think? I'm haunted, Joshua. <laughs> I am
1: disturbed, disturbed. The very last images with like him as the fly. Mm just it like i can't <laughs> it's a lot yeah that was a lot to watch um i couldn't look away and then when i did i like would recoil and then i'd look and then i'd turn away and i'd look and i'd turn away
0: <laughs> i know like, you just just kind of, you were like became like a um a series of sound effects at the <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, oh god in heaven oh god like, that's what oh yeah. god oh god in heaven <laughs> oh yeah that was me uh um, meanwhile i'm like in tears like as it's just so sad yeah, and beautiful you're, just, you're like over here getting so
1: emotional and i'm like are we watching the same film because i'm here like horrified like you know it's like wow like this thing is coming at him and then at the very end when she shoots him which spoiler alert, you know, it's, it's this movie's like over thirty years old. Um, you're like, it's so sad, it's so tragic, and I was like, I kept looking at you, like, are you fucking serious? are you, are you taking the piss out of me? Uh,
0: but you were, you were, you were like, you were getting proclaimed. No, and I've always been that way ever since I first saw the movie. I, I just, I think you know, it's. I almost don't even want to call it a horror film. It has horror elements. It's scary, you know. I mean. But the I horror is in the body. The horror is in the yes, body. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Which is kind of what we're doing here is uh, discussing a um, a subgenre of horror known as body horror, which is usually about like the mutilation of the flesh, you know, or the invasion of it, you know, the transformation of it. Um, but, yeah, I just always thought it was just such like, you know, it's like a an interesting retelling of like Beauty and the Beast. Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, You know, it's. Just very emotional because it's like, again, it's like, you know, humans, we have such a capacity to be inventive and creative and and we want to solve problems. And, you know, um, Seth's character at the beginning, Jeff Goldblum's uh, character, Seth Brundle, the scientist. So, quick side thing if you haven't seen the fly, i don't know why you're listening but yeah uh, it's about seth brundle scientist he's created these telepods because he wants to solve like our travel issue so we can teleport anywhere within seconds you know all over the planet you know one day these these things would be all over and he meets this woman who's a journalist and she's like documenting the whole thing as he's building these and 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 making them work you know for um mm-hmm. animate life he can tr- he can um Take an inanimate object, uh, he he uses her stocking first to, you know, transport it from telepod to telepod, teleport it, whatever, Um, you know, so then he decides he's going to try on himself after failing a couple times with the baboon, then succeeding with the baboon, and a fly gets in and it fuses them at the genetic level, so Mm -hmm. then throughout the movie he slowly is changing as the fly's genetics Overwhelm the him. human part of him, and in the meantime, she's got like this boss, her editor, who's they have like a relationship kind yeah. of thing, and you know it's whatever, it's the whole thing. But anyways, point is, he's he's so he wants to help humans, you know, and they like fall in love. He and Gina Davis's character, uh, Veronica Ronnie. Uh, you know, and she cares so much for him and wants to see him be successful as he's like degenerating into yeah. this, it becoming this monster. So it's like the reverse, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. when she meets him, he's awesome and friendly and this is going to be great, you know? And then as the fly takes over, he becomes more and more monstrous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just always, I, I remember watching, especially the final scene when, you know, the fly's trying to to merge her, their unborn baby and him together. And, you know, it doesn't go well. And instead the creature gets merged with like the telepod that comes down. And it's like begging for her to kill it, you know, yeah. to kill him. Mm-hmm. I've just, you know, even when I was a kid, I remember watching that scene and just being so overwhelmed at how sad it was, you know, mm-hmm. it's eyes, the way it's looking, it's begging to like for death, you know, it's too far gone. It's, there's no help. And it's just so sad <laughs> to me, you know, but again, that's, that's me. <laughs> That's not you. No, that's... <laughs> Who were sitting there horrified at the... I was like, like just kill it. Kill it already. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, girls gonna vomit all over your face. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> I, I made... I think I made the, the good choice to not
0: eat before. I know. Well, yeah, when you said, like, oh, you know, food or whatnot, I'm like, you don't, really don't want to eat yeah. during this film. 'Cause it's it's Glad I didn't gross.
1: Yeah. When he when he looks in the, the, the video camera and he's like, How does Brundlefly eat? Well blah, and I'm like ah, no.
0: <laughs> I know you're so you're lucky they don't show it. It's just the sound. Just the you know, and you know, the
1: yeah, no. Mm mm. <laughs> I mean, is it again, you know, the litmus test with which, with a, on which I base everything. Is it as horrifying to me as inside? No, <laughs> but, um, I thought it was for, I thought the acting was really good. Jeff Goldblum is fantastic <sighs> so in good. this. Um, and Gina Davis is, you know, it's just, it, you, it, you really care about the two of them. Yeah. And, um, she really does just love him
0: so much and is really taken with him. Yeah, and caring about him. Yeah, I think they're, it's so great, especially what, the little things that eventually, like, as he continues to deteriorate. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the little twitches he does or how he's, like, consuming all this sugar, you yeah. know, and, like, just these little things. I'm like, oh, it's so good, you know? And then as it furthers on, it's like, it's just, he was so good in this movie, Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. So good. And Gina, yeah, you totally believe and buy into, you know, her whole, uh, her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can say is, it's just deep inhale.
0: <laughs> um, anyway. So I don't know in analyzing it, I think it's very interesting because, you know, we're looking at 1986. Yeah. Um, and I, I, looking there's this um site let me find it again i just had it (laughs) like grade saver which is looking it's like an analyze film analysis yeah 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 and i thought some of this was was sort of interesting so there's um like the sugar so like 86 you're talking about like the height of like cocaine yeah you know and so that was one of the one of the things that um, oh, the read of it is that the the use of cocaine. Well, he's also very manic too. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's like so they have here that director Cronenberg uh, used this as an attempt to inject symbolism uh, consistent with the period. So um, the uh, it was a high watermark for recreational use of cocaine, and so like the um, how he's becoming. Yeah, very manic, very aggressive. You know how he's like so violent with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as the movie, you know, goes through, uh, that's one of the things that you know, sort of like the excess of the '80s. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of like I thought I would throw out some of like the things that people uh, sort of interpret yeah, from yeah, it. Yeah. I that I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's that was what he was doing rather than just like. No, it's a fly. And that's like an early sign that obviously this, this is... It's a fly. <laughs> this is, you know, something going wrong. Um, you know, but, I you know, I don't know. If you're reading it, again, like through your own lens, if you're saying and you're somebody who loves some uh, an addict, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there is that sort of... You can read that as... You know something's wrong, but it's That there's also... something deep in their brain that they can't... Yeah. You know, that they're a good person, but this thing is taking them over and, you know, they're destroying their life and the, the lives of the people around them. Sure, maybe you could read it as, yeah. a, as, a, as a warning against cocaine used yes. in the 80s. <laughs> um, you know, the big, the big one and the one that I kind of take away, like terminal illness, disease, mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's definitely there, especially, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, there, there's a big question watching this movie is, who is the antagonist? Yeah. Who's the quote unquote bad guy? Because when it starts, it's definitely stathis. It's like, he is a piece of garbage. Yeah. Like, you know, he's bullying, you know, Veronica, they had this relationship, but he's like, he lets himself into her house. You know, he's, uh, you know, obviously I think way oversteps. I mean, he's her boss. Sure. Yeah, he's controlling. You know, so he, she owes him work or whatever as a journalist and he's the editor. You know, but he's, like, making decisions and, like, injecting himself into her life that's really creepy, Yeah. you know? But then as it goes on, it's like, well, good thing he's there to help her, you know? And then on the flip side, you have Goldblum's character. You have Seth, who starts out, obviously, he's the good guy, and then is quickly degenerated into a monster that wants to fuse their bodies together, (laughs) Yeah. you know? So...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mm. And see, and even... (laughs) I'm just like the the idea, the idea of like fusing the bodies together too. I mean, you know, that's like two minds
0: that. Yeah. That they're all going to live in the same body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so creepy. But the, um, the point that I want to make is that through Veronica. So when you're watching the movie, you know, the audience, we're like taking our cues from her and how she's treating. She's yeah. never mm-hmm. like he's a monster. Mm-hmm. She knows something has gone wrong. She's trying to convince him something has gone wrong. And so we're responding, and at least for me, that's what I'm responding to. When I watch the movie, I'm looking at him, Seth, through like her eyes.
1: Uh huh. You I know, and
0: I'm seeing like she is watching somebody she cares about die, you yeah. know, from. An illness, and and you know when people do, you know there's all these set, you know the stages of grief or the stages of you know of dying, you know where you are angry, where you are this, and then you know with his acceptance of it, like you know when they have that awesome conversation about insect politics, yeah, uh-huh. towards the end. Oh, those I want to like be the, the first insect politician. Yeah, yeah, those are some of like the best lines in the movie, and about how if you stay, I'll hurt you. It's like that is such like iconic for or not iconic, but like archetypal for this kind of disease or Mm -hmm. death, you know, where it's like, just leave me be, you know, and she can't, you know, she cares and wants to see him get well. However, that happens. Of course, in the meantime, his brain's going, let's merge our bodies together and we'll be more human than fly. (laughs) Well, I, the, the other thing too, is that, you know, she,
1: she's willing to do that leaves, lets him go but then when he finds out that you know she's carrying a child yeah then it's like oh well no now you can't go because yeah. this is a there's a part of me that's normal hopefully i don't know hopefully yeah there was a sequel yeah. uh, there is a sequel to this so you know there's a part of me that's normal you can't let that part of me die now we have to and then you know the obvious answer to that was to fuse their genetic
0: material together <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally no it's very <laughs> fucked up but again like i It's, like, there is, like, an empathy there for that, you know, where he's, like, he's diseased and sick, and he's, like, something that will, some part of me will exist that's not like this, Uh you know? So, it's, like, I feel for him, too. I mean, obviously, absolutely against, like, forcing her to have this kid if she wants to have an abortion, which, I mean they use the word abortion several times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very like I I have always really liked the Veronica character and I've seen I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie. You know, because she's very strong-willed, you know. She's like fuck you, stay this. Fuck you. You know, she comes in and and tells the other woman, you know, that he brings in and tries to get her to go to the mm-hmm. telepods cuz he's still under the impression that he's been purified um, you know, and made into some kind of superhuman through through the uh Um, transportation, you know, but she comes in, she's very heroic in that moment, like, girl, (laughs) run. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Using the very famous lines, you know, be afraid, be very afraid, which uh, we were talking about that earlier. I don't think a lot of people know this comes from that movie. Yeah, yeah, If they haven't seen it, or maybe they thought, you know, it existed before, but, and maybe it did. I mean, I'm sure she's not, I mean, it's not that first time people have used those words, but I think they've become such a part of pop culture because of this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyway, you started to say something. No, no, <laughs> you're still horrified. I, I really am. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I've lost my appetite. Right. <laughs> I. So I. So going back to kind of talk a little bit about body horror, mm-hmm. about like the genre. I thought this was very interesting. This is from um, film scholar Linda Williams because there's this idea of body horror falling into one of three. Uh, gross genres or genres of excess which includes pornography and melodrama as well uh-huh. and oh so, wow okay pornography too wow. yes but for this reason the success of these body genres is often measured by the degree to which the audience sensation mimics what is seen on the screen so people experience like you know the like t- you know terrified feelings the scary mm-hmm. like like we've talked about before like the you know we like to feel that adrenaline rush when mm-hmm. we watch horror movies um, uh, people like to watch, like, melodramatic, like, I guess that's, like, quote-unquote, like, a chick flick, you know, to cry, to have that sort of release. It's mm-hmm. Everything's so wrought with emotion, you know, to have that sort of release. And then pornography, obviously, sexual arousal, ex- one, like, a such kind a of base yeah. lizard brain, like, mm-hmm. release. And you're... We watch pornography in order to have sexual feelings and sexual release, so... You know, body horror, it's kind of the same thing when you're watching this, uh, you know, The Fly in particular, and, and as you were twisting and, oh, gross, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. you're having this very visceral visceral, reaction. yeah, reaction to what's happening on screen. And I, th- it's one of my favorite kinds of horror, you know, because we are so, as humans, you know, we don't want to die and we don't want to age and we don't want to. I mean, collectively. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how different people feel. Maybe some people, you know, whatever. But, you know, all of that's, like, in here. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I I have dreams like this where, like, my hair falls out or my teeth fall out. And a lot of times that's tied, I think, to that sort of fear of decrepitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so it gets it such, like, this basic... Like fear we have, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's why another reason I like—I uh, do like to read *The Fly* as as a horror film in that way, you yeah. Know, a very real fear, you yeah. know, not just not just like "ew, gross." He's the fly monster. Like, like no, there's <laughs>
1: there's real things because it's like he. Um, it's interesting because it kind of it it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of like. Uh, God this is gonna sound so pedantic it It reminds me a little bit of like flowers for Algernon right so you know you have yeah. um you have the story of where it's you know this guy who was uh was had like developmental issues and then through you know through science he becomes this like super ubermensch intelligent person right and then ends up like going back to uh, going back to it, going back to, uh, regressing even further back, and so with this it's just like you know okay so through science and he didn't even set out to do that he just wanted to get from one place one point of the room to another right. but yeah. then the moment he figures out like okay well maybe it's just like distilled me into my essence and uh, and now it's like okay I'm this superhuman and and then he does it again with uh, with the uh, the woman that he picked up at the bar, yeah, which you know, to be quite honest, if you watched a guy like basically break the wrist of another person and then had like a full on, <laughs> full on the bone is coming out of the skin, I don't know if you want to go home with him right away and you know have no, yeah, absolutely,
0: and I but, mean that's yeah,
1: totally, but but yeah, it's just so fascinating, kind of see his his thought process behind what happens. Uh, once he once he goes through the change, yeah.
0: Well, that's another great metaphor for like addiction. You yeah, know, if mm-hmm. if you want to look at it that way, because like that's like that's a part of the movie where I I hate him the most. Yeah, because he just walks in, he's like, "You're coming home with me." I mean, he's just being such like a total dick. Yeah. And it's like if you if somebody like you love is like going through this or or whatever, or has found out something bad and they're dealing with it in a very bad negative way. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. going out and being a dickhead, and he's being very misogynistic, and I'm taking the lady home with me. You know, it's very cowboy and. gross. You know, in that, in in the worst, are you know, the worst uh, stereotype of that sort of behavior, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't really yet know that the fly is, yeah. like, coming. I, mean, I mean, as the people engaging yeah. with him, like as Veronica and all of this. The audience, we know, there's a tons of, like, dramatic irony in, in, in the film because, obviously, we know mm-hmm. a fly got in. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, if you see the movie *The Fly*, and you have any passing familiar with Vincent Price's version, you you know you know what the what the the story is. But for the characters engaging with him, it's before all that starts to emerge. You know, so if you're friends friendly with somebody who's started to become, you know, addicted to a substance before all the negative yeah. ways that it starts to show on their body or show, on, yeah. you know, they're just. Being a freaking dickhead all the time, you know, especially yeah. with coke or meth or things like that, that really, really ravage, you radically know? change your your personality. And in this, in it, ways.
1: and it's completely his like, it's his ego. Yeah, like, it's, totally. It's, it's his ultimate undoing. It's yes. his pride the and hubris, his ego. Yeah. yeah, this hubris of just like I have. You know, the, what's the first thing he says to her? you like, oh, I'm going to change the world. Like yeah, this absolutely. is going to change the world. And it's that, and it's that, and then it's the moment when. He realizes in the moment when he shows the most vulnerability, when he's when she goes to confront Stathis and he's there just drinking like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Well, I'll just do this because it'll make her it'll you know, I'm just going to go for it because you seem fine. And, you know, but it's like he begins to unravel at that point when he starts to care about
0: something else outside of his work. Yeah. So you, okay. Yeah. So you're talking about when she goes to see Stathis and he's like jealous, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's just, you know, again, they don't, you don't get enough establishment of his character, you know, but I mean, I think it's assumed like he lives his whole life in this warehouse, which by the way, that apartment is so cool. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but you know, he's like living his life in there and he's let this like woman in and he's, you know, he's falling in love or whatever, you know, is going on. So of course he feels hurt. And then, um, you know, yeah, he had successfully, transmitted the baboon through but you know he was supposed to do blood tests and check out you know make sure that yeah. the baboon is actually fine <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which you never really find out because the baboon disappears and that's due to the fact that they filmed a whole just a side note they filmed a whole sequence with the baboon where it's merged with the cat and it goes terribly horribly wrong yeah. and the brundlefly, fly you know at this point he's pretty well advanced um has to kill the creature mm-hmm. So the baboon just vanishes, you know. In the finished film, we don't have a, a final answer <laughs> to that. But anyway, so so go ahead. So the vulnerability,
1: yeah. So he he shows that vulnerability, and it's like, okay, well, you know, you look fine. Let me go ahead and do this, and he does it to just like you know further reinforce his further reinforce like his pride and his um it, it further reinforce the fact that you know yeah he is on the right path and you know you know uh, be damned I don't need I don't need anybody else I need just me. Yeah. You know because he's like okay well if you know if that's her ex-boyfriend then I you know he starts to have these real feelings for her but it just gets in his way and he's just like okay well you know it's if he, she's going to go back to him then I'll just continue doing what I'm going to do and then eventually yeah. You know, it leads yeah, it's to very, his
0: ultimate undoing. Yeah, it's very very responsible, and I kind of think it ties in a little bit. So the original movie, which came out fifty eight, um, I think it's kind of a comment too on like nuclear technology. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, as we're as we're building, you know, the bombs, and you know, it's that's ego, and it's all you know, all of that's kind of tied in. Um, so it's sort of. What do you want to say? Like, yeah, the hubris of it, the, like, the mistakes were made.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's very much mistakes were made. You know, this one I think is a really, as far as the technology and the science goes, it's very interesting how he's just, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't taught the computer how to deal with that yet. Yeah. So I need to teach the computer how to do this.
0: Yeah, there's more that he should have thought about, you know, yeah. and more that he you know yeah go ahead
1: no because like i feel like with current because of how advanced the technology is now compared to then and any time it comes up in like media and pop culture it's always like oh you know we we've developed something for the computer to think on its own you know like to think on it like now we've we've taught it uh now it will now through ai it will now think on its own and form its own using patterns to do whatever whereas like at that time the understanding of it is that you know i tell it how to think computers don't think though they they are stupid and i need to tell it how to think yeah and whereas like now it's just interesting to see how that is now where it's like, okay, well, you know, we've, we've programmed it to think for itself at using this algorithm. So yes, we're responsible, but now it'll form its own opinions or it'll form yeah. its own notions and ways to, to counteract things and. It's it's interesting how, like, the the technology aspect that's different.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, you know, and I think a lot of these movies that involve, like, that are science fiction and Mm -hmm, horror, mm -hmm. you know, they're rooted in that sort of thing. You know, this this movie came out um, in August of 1986. Mm -hmm. Um, The Space Challenger shuttle crash happened in January of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's, like, tying back to, you know, we we have big dreams and, it, you know, we, we have big aspirations and, you know, things go wrong and it's horribly tragic, yeah. you know, and I think that that's what these sorts of movies are responding to, you know, these the sci-fi movies that are that are about this particular thing, like experiments go wrong. It's just a warning to humanity that, you know, we are capable of so much, but, mm-hmm. you know, we really need, one, we need others, you know, there mm-hmm. should have been a lot more people involved in this experiment, you know, checking, but he's egotistical and greedy yeah. and he's keeping everybody in the dark about what he's actually doing. Cause he wants at the end of the day to be on those covers of the magazines yeah. and be, you know, a, a billionaire or whatever, you know, whatever, that wherever that leads,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So I, I just think that the reminders of that, you know, of, yeah. of we are capable of a lot of destruction <laughs> through our creation, yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, I was just tying to like other cultural events that were, you know, science. I, I mean, I don't really, know how the spacecraft like how that happened yeah, you know, yeah in yeah. the sense of like you know where i'm just tying it to that no for you sure. know you understand what like yeah. the cultural i think it's also
1: an interesting like you could probably relate it to to like even the frankenstein story
0: yeah that's actually that's very very interesting you bring that up because that was the next thing i was going to talk about about the uh, Frankenstein. But go ahead. I want to hear what it, your thoughts.
1: Well, on. it's interesting because it's like, you know, when it, any, any, you know, it's, she's 200, Frankenstein, she's 200 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, people, she people think that, like, the monster is Frankenstein. Well, no, the monster is the monster. Right. Frankenstein's the scientist.
0: Yeah. And in this particular iteration, it's like, oh, it's both. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, a, yeah, exactly. Um, you're so good, Joe. See, you're making these, uh, <laughs> See, I can yeah. be
1: horrified and still have an insight.
0: Yeah, the mad scientist and the hideous creature he created truly are one and the same. The symbolic meaning is fused and inextricable. Yeah. <laughs> um so the other thing to kind of tie especially with the eighties, obviously if we're gonna talk about eighties, we're gonna talk about illness, we're gonna talk about AIDS and HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I think exploded like what, eighty one? When do we When was like that? I mean, I think it existed as early, but as like, I think there were things going on maybe in the sixties and seventies with this, but the eighties, obviously, you know, we think of, of AIDS and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about imbuing our own meaning, you know, as queer people. Like if you watch this as a queer person, maybe you do see it with that lens, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think of like Jeff Goldblum, like he's, yeah, totally like that eighties, like he's, He's very pretty in this movie, I think. You yeah. know, he's got his, you know, shiny get that, get that hair, hair and, and his body mm-hmm. and he's, fur, you know, hairless. I was going to say furless. <laughs> no.
1: Well. <laughs> you man. know, but
0: he's very smooth and very, you know, I don't, I just think he's like the epitome of like sexiness, you know, for him at that, at that time, mm-hmm. you know, so there's definitely like sort of that attraction. Yeah. Um, you know, and then yeah, sort of the the breaking down. So a lot of people in, have interpreted through that lens um, that that this is a movie about AIDS, about HIV. Um, but I don't know. I I'm not exactly I'm not sold on that. That's what it's saying. Uh, and I was trying to look. He made a comment. Cronenberg, um, yeah. Because he was surprised that it was seen as a as a metaphor for AIDS, and, uh, yeah. So. Cause he linked it again, like to the aging, death, dying, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but he, he said, if you or your lover has AIDS, you watch that film and of course you'll see AIDS in it. Uh, but you don't have uh, to have that experience to respond emotionally into the movie. And I think that's really its power. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that AIDS didn't have an incredible impact on everyone. Uh, and of course, after a certain point, people were seeing AIDS stories everywhere. So I don't take offense that people see that in my movie. Mm-hmm. For me, though, there was something about the fly story that was much more universal, aging and death, something all of us have to deal with. Yeah. And that kind of, yeah, that goes to that sort of point that we're, we're going to look, you know, especially as queer people, for a meaning.
1: We're going to look know. for the meaning, and it's it's even still kind of like, it it doesn't, the, you'd have to really look for it. I, I just don't see it because it's like, you know, he, I guess he feels that it's a, uh, it's um it's an ailment. It's a disease of his own creation. So the yeah. guilt because, you know, uh, how, how the disease is contracted and, um, and then the subsequent guilt of like also passing it on yeah. to, you know, his partner, um, and possibly his child and possibly his child. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, the way he just like, the way he, the way they've done the makeup to look as he deteriorates is also yeah. very, you know, similar to, uh, you know, the sarcoma and all that. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, like, you, if you really want to... If you really want to, like, read it, you can. It's there. Yeah. But it also still ultimately goes back to the theme of, like, death and dying.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to say. It's like, you know, not... We can search for meaning and, and, you know, if you want to have a reading of it, but I the, the Fly doesn't strike me as a queer film at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess if, you know, if I was you know, born 20 years before I was born and I had seen the fly when I was 19 or 20 was still like the queer person I am, I would have probably totally thought Jeff Goldblum was hot and would have went to it. If I had had friends, you know, that had died or if myself, if I had it, maybe, yeah, then it would have had that sort of profound yeah. meaning, mm-hmm. you know, but I, in re, you know, watching it now in retrospect, I just don't, you know, he's such like, especially when it starts to take over, he's such like a stereotypical, like, jerk of a guy of like of a straight yeah. guy, yeah. you know, that I, that I don't, you know, that I respond very <laughs> poorly to, you know, that I already have like my own stuff wrapped up in like my yeah. issues with heterosexual culture, yeah. you know, that it's really hard to read this movie as a, as a queer film, yeah. you know, I don't think anybody in it is particularly queer, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, Veronica, she's a very strong woman. Mm hmm. Um, but again, not in that iconic sense of like Ripley and alien. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not similar. You know, she's obviously very, she's a strong character, but very emotionally affected by what's happening.
1: And very still much tied to like the guys, the, the men in her life. Yeah. Like, you know, for as much as she said, Oh, you know, fuck off, st- uh, stay this, she still
0: ultimately needs him to survive. Yeah, and that. End. Yeah, and that says something about the way women are sometimes trapped. I think by the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like th- yeah. those are the people she has in her life. You know, and we're not shown much more. I mean, it's a simple story. I yeah. think. you know, they keep mm-hmm. it. You know, but that's a that's a, a good point. That yeah, she's definitely it, it doesn't survive the Bechtel test. No,
1: <laughs> definitely not. But there's also you know there there you know there's there's only two women in it and right and they. <laughs> they barely talk to each other,
0: but right. Yes. Yeah. Except for her to come in and like, just tell her, Night Fucking run. Yeah. Run, run, run. Get out of here. Get out. <laughs> you know, but I just, I don't know. I, I've, I've loved this movie since I was a kid and I've, it's, I've been trying to figure out when we were going to watch it for this. Cause I, I always struggle with, especially with remakes and, whether or not we should watch the original fly. I think one day we should, cause it'd be fun, you know, just to see yeah. whether or not we make it as an episode. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but it would be fun to, cause I love Vincent Price anyway. So why not? Yeah. Why, <laughs> not? Why, why not? Why not watch it? Uh, you know, but I thought it would be fun to, you know, look at, you know, the, we're already examining the horror genre and we've done some, like we've looked at vampires and we've looked at zombies and things. So I thought it'd be fun to, do something body horror related, you know, yes. just gross you out. But also, it's that Thanks, deep, <laughs> It's this deeply affecting film. I think, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if you'll ever watch it again because it's gross. But uh, you know, if if you do, I, I hope that you can see the the way I see it as like a very tragic the beauty and the you know, tragedy. I think I do. I just I think it's a very beautiful and sad story. Mm-hmm. You know, about the destruction of of a person. You know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other final thoughts, Joe? No, <laughs> <laughs> you were just like over it.
1: I just, I'm like, I just can't get over that final image. Can you see how it was a big success though? I can see it. And it, I mean, it's a, it's a big success and it's, you know, those it, it, it's the performances that are given are very, very great. Um, and it's you know I can see how much of a big success it was. I just you know, and <laughs> just they're like I'm gruffed
0: out. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it did win best makeup at the Academy Awards. Of course, um, yeah, uh, that was for Chris Wallace or Wallas W A L A S, which he did. I mean, fantastic. I mean, the makeup is just incredible. Um, I, I think it should have been nominated for more Academy Awards, but you know, whatever. Uh it's, horror art it has a really hard time. Yeah. So it did win uh Saturn Awards, Best Actor, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis was nominated. Um Saturn Awards are like the genre. you probably know what those are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh won Best Makeup, Best Horror Film at those. Cronenberg uh, was nominated for Best Director. So, you know, it's just a really cool uh, little piece of cinema. So I think they are working again on another remake. I don't know if it's going to be a remake of the Cronenberg film or if they're going to go, just all go back, back to the source material and, and make a new thing, um, a new film. I I don't know how I feel about it, especially in today's climate. Um, what it would you know? Yeah. Do we need another The Fly? I don't know. I don't. You know. I mean it could be interesting if they pulled in like environmental impact and if there's yeah. a way to kind of bring in some of the things that we're dealing with the climate change and all and, and climate shift and global warming and all, all the buzzwords buzz 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 words
1: <laughs>
0: I see what you did there <laughs> you know maybe there could be maybe there could be room for a remake but I, I don't think so I think this movie stands perfectly fine it's it's yeah. you know it, it it works anyways It does Thank you dear listener as always for uh Supporting Fright School, Joe. Joshua. Watch, you know, watch The Little Mermaid before you (laughs) go to bed. (laughs) You know, which is a body horror in itself. Yes, exactly. You know? you she, mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch the, you know, she mutilates herself for a man. She
0: does. Totally. Uh, okay. Well then watch something else, you know, go yeah. turn on like Yo Gabba Gabba. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is actually. I just
1: came you're to just, my head. You're just like, yo,
0: words, words, right. Gabba yeah. Gabba. It's children's shows I'm trying to think of, you know, that's, I have no idea uh anyways you know listen rate subscribe all of that tip tip find us pinecast.com frightschool.com slash pinecast.com i don't even yes <laughs> it's in the description box Look down below in the description box <laughs> the show notes uh until we meet again good night good night
1: Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited
0: by Davy Boy Productions.
1: Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.